is up, everybody. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship. Today, you are in for a special treat because we basically cover all five of those things. I have my beautiful friend on, Kenzie Burke. She is back for another podcast. We did the first one together back in March, and so much has changed since then. We kept in touch, and we were like, wow, we need to catch up and do a podcast together. So it actually ended up being a catch-up that was essentially recorded. So she posted this on her podcast, Food, Sex, and Money, which is an amazing podcast. It is so, so deep, so helpful, so healing. And I am repurposing that on my podcast. So again, it's more of a catch-up versus a podcast interview going back and forth. And we cover so much from family healing, scaling a business, dealing with money, finding love. I mean, we covered so much that half the stuff I like forgot what we said until I listened to it back. So we cover a ton of ground here and we are definitely going to do a part two because we just have such a connection and are very much on the same wavelength when it comes to our spiritual growth and our awakenings and business and like figuring out our soul's purpose so much is going on in our lives. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation, especially if you are someone that is finding a lot of inner reflection time during this pandemic. I mean, I think we all are, right? This was a period where a lot of us were forced to really stop and look inward and be like, what do I actually want to do on this earth? What is my purpose? What is my soul here to do? Like these were questions that really started to come up for me during the pandemic. And when my back was against the wall, it became bright and loud and clear what I needed to do. And that's really what this conversation with Kenzie and I is about. Like, what are we really here to do? What do we want to be seen for? What is our work really about? And like I said, we just cover a lot. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Kenzie is an amazing entrepreneur. She is also the founder of Kenzie Burke Health. She has her own product line now. Okay, no big deal. She has new cacao nibs out as well as a biodynamic coffee. And I have heard raving reviews. I cannot wait to get mine in the mail. I'm obsessed with cacao. I have been doing her fruit bowls since like April or May and my skin has totally cleared up. It's something I eat every single day. So I am so excited to get them and you guys should definitely check them out. They are amazing. I mean, you guys should see the reviews around them. People are posting left and right about these this coffee and these cacao nibs. So I'm just so excited for them. And I know that the biodynamic coffee doesn't cause acid reflux or the jitters. So I am freaking stoked because that's why I had to stop drinking coffee for a while because of the anxiety I was getting. So I cannot wait for this. Now, you're also going to hear a little bit about my program at the end of this podcast, and I want to share more up front too. So my program, Self-Care Queen, is a five-day experience starting next Monday, January 25th, and it goes the whole week until January 29th. Now, if you sign up and you can't make any of the calls or you just happen to miss a few days, they will be recorded so you can watch the replay, but I'm not going to sell the experience as a replay after the fact. Now, this was something that I have made a very conscious effort to do in 2021. I, for some reason, feel off about selling replays because I want the energy of the group to basically be in that group. I don't want someone after the fact watching the energy of another group because it just feels off to me 
tell me if I'm projecting this or not. Like, I don't know if it's my experience. Like, I just don't like watching other people record it on a Zoom call. I want to be there live myself. So let me know if this is me projecting or if you would buy a replay. But I'm just finding that I really like to download the energy of whatever message I want to share, get it out into that specific program, and then wrap up the program and move on to the next thing. Now, I have thought about perhaps doing the program again live at a much later date. I just have so many ideas. I like to, like I said, get my idea out and move on. But I really want to see if replays are something you guys are into or you like to be in the live experience. My assumption and my experience is I like to be there live. So this specific program, I am not going to be selling as a replay. But again, if you cannot make the calls, you can join and then watch the replays if you signed up. Now it's five days and that means every day is going to be a little different. So we are covering visualization, multimedia expression. So things like journaling, dancing, movement, embodiment. I mean, we are covering a lot of ground in these five days, which is why I'm calling it an immersive experience because you really are going to immerse yourself in this work. I talked about serial investing in this podcast. I took so many freaking courses and workshops and coaches Uh, did so many investments in the last six months. And I realized I never made space to implement and integrate what I learned, or I was in programs where it wasn't set up that way, where it was basically 60 minutes of lectures and then 30 minutes of questions. And then, you know, the VA would get back to you in the Facebook group and that was it. And I realized you know what, in my programs, I want them to feel like almost a virtual retreat, like an experience where you're coming to learn something, but then you're going to integrate it either that week or that day or at some point during the experience. So with those five days, you're going to learn a little bit from me, but then we're going to get right into it with actually doing the exercises, group breakouts, um, a ton of different things really interactively. So I don't want you to think that you just have to sit there and break out your notebook and hear a lecture. It is going to be really freaking fun. I'm talking like music, dancing, meditation, intention setting. We're going through a lot, but again, it is something that I think is so important as it comes to self-care. So the reason I created this was a few months ago, I definitely self-sabotaged a lot of my not only personal success, but a lot of my own health. And I realized that this was an issue about me not finding stillness to take care of myself. I was drowning myself in work and business and commitments around work because it's easier to blame things on that, right? Like if you say, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm up late. I'm working on my business or sorry, I can't make it. I'm working on my business. It's like the same thing as saying, sorry, I have a kid. Like, sorry, it's just my biggest commitment. So I let self-care really slip. And I'm not just talking about self-care in terms of like skincare or makeup or bubble baths. I mean, like I was not doing the deep work of looking inward and understanding why was I sabotaging this? Why was I not setting boundaries? Why was I not being clear with my desires? Why did I not know how to listen to my body when it needed specific foods or movement? It was because I was fire hosing myself with business commitments and other distractions. And I started to feel the effects not only internally, but externally. My skin was breaking out. I could just tell I felt run down and tired and groggy. And then this obviously will manifest itself into other parts of my life, whether that's commitments in business or relationships or friendships. And I was like, no, no, no. I've been down this path before, way back when in 2016, 
I'm not letting this happen again. I need to get back on my self-care shit. And I am, again, not talking about external stuff. I'm talking about finding stillness to really do that deep inner work. That to me is self-care. It's regulation of your mind, body, and soul so that you can have that emotional maturity to understand this is what my body needs. This is what my mind needs. This is what my energy needs. And not in a selfish way, but to truly understand how to take care of yourself that is very deliberate and intentional so that you can help other people, right? So if I'm in a bad mood and angry and groggy and tired, I 100% do not want to do a client call. I definitely don't want to cuddle with my boyfriend. I definitely don't want to call my mom on the phone if I'm in any of those moods, right? But if I'm feeling radiant inside and energized and rejuvenated and that I'm really unlocking whatever is inside me, then I feel like a clear channel to go do all the things I want to do and help more people. So I really want to reframe self-care to take it back from whatever the beauty industry made it into, you know, a 10 step skincare routine and a bomb and a bubble bath, bubble bath bombs, whatever the hell those are called, you know, like we don't need to frame that as self-care. To me, self-care is truly the regulation that you have over yourself, which is your mind, body, and soul. So we're going to be going through definitely so many things around mind, body, and soul practices. And I am so fucking excited. I just truly cannot wait. So if you are interested, I am going to plug the link in the show notes and you can always DM me at Chelsea Rife. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, which I think you definitely will, then be sure to share it in your Instagram stories and tag me and Kenzie. Her handle is at Kenzie Burke and her podcast is Food, Sex, and Money. And then mine is just at Chelsea Rife and non-expert opinion pod. All right, with that, let's dive into this episode. It is so juicy and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Oh my God, it's so nice to talk to you. I know. Oh my gosh, how, like, first of all, where are you? I'm in Colorado right now. I'm with my parents, which has actually been so good. So good. I mean... My mom and I have been doing some deep, deep, deep healing lineage work, mm. and it's been incredible. Yeah. So I feel like this is the place I need to be right now. How did you find that specific healing is what you needed? Well, I think I had been kind of lying to myself and to other people that I had a healed relationship with my mom from when I realized that it really wasn't healed last spring. And I acknowledged some of the gunk that was there. And I think me acknowledging it was, and I would just say like, oh, I healed it by acknowledging it. But I really hadn't. I really hadn't. I'm sure you had listened to like my podcast recently you know, where I I said, I feel alone and I feel afraid. And that was all like some lineage stuff coming up and some mom stuff coming up. And it was just getting really, I was really feeling it. And my mom was really feeling it. And then I came for Christmas and it was like, I could see like disease all over my mom's body. I had disease all over my body. And it was just like 12 years of disconnect. You know what I mean? That was the love was so there, but we were so far from admitting our own stuff in it that we were just not speaking. And it was Mm. like, we were both so alone, but we both wanted our, each other's love so much. And I just kept thinking like, I want my mom, like I want my mom. And 
So I came home and really acknowledged something with her that I haven't ever. And it's been like deep. Like we, my mom and I have gone into vortexes together. And like, it's just crazy because we found that her North Node so basically our entire charts are completely flipped. So like I've been living out her soul's desire because her North Node is in Aries and I'm in Aries and my South Node is Aries and her South Node is Libra and my North Node is Libra. So like what you want to reach towards in life is your North Node and like your brown couch, kind of like the gunk, like not self is your South Node. So it was this whole realization of like, wow, like, any resistance I felt from my mom is like, she's been watching me live her soul's desire. And then, yeah. So anyways, it's just been like this deep healing that I've never experienced before because it's not easy to go there with your mom. (laughs) But it's like, I have my best friend back, which has just been incredible. I love hearing that. I got goosebumps when you were just (laughs) telling me that because... Like you said, it's not easy. Like usually you come home for the holidays. It's like, hey, what are we having for dinner? Cool. Let's all go grab something to eat and sit around the fire. But to be like, hey, there's like something from decades ago that I need to talk to you about is insane. I I can relate over in Australia. I was having similar feelings where my mom and I are like tight. And I remember there was something that was like coming up after a breakup. And I was like, but this doesn't seem related to the breakup. It seems related to like something else in my life and I cannot figure it out. And then I like just thought about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember reading an email that my mom didn't know I had access to when I was like 13 about how I was as cold as I was beautiful. Like saying I was like an ice cold princess and she was like, she's just closed off and cold and I can't get through to her. And I grow up thinking, grew up thinking my mom thinks I'm like an ice queen, which is so weird because I don't feel like that. Like no one has ever called me an ice queen, but it clearly stuck with me. And I just remember we were FaceTiming one day when I was in my apartment in Bondi Beach. And I was like, mom, I feel like there's this thing I need to tell you that is literally from when I was 13. I'm almost 30 years old. (laughs) I was like, this sounds crazy. And I just cried and cried and cried about it. And we were talking about how I don't feel like I've had any personal major trauma. Like I don't have any past like physically abusive relationships or sexually abused or anything like that. So I start to feel guilty sometimes when good things happen to me because I feel like I need to have that like struggle to success story, like rags to riches or, you know, this used to be me and now here I am. And I was like, mom, I don't, I don't feel like I have this major trauma, but somehow I feel like a heavy heart or a heavy chest or that things are closed off. So where is that from? And then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, it was a comment there or like commenting on my appearance over here and a dad making a comment over here, these little comments. And then just addressing it to her and like crying. It was so weird. It was like a chest, uh, something lifted off my chest. And I was like, holy shit, this should have been addressed years ago. But to your point, it's not easy. Like no one wants to sit down with their own mother and tell them, here's the ways I feel hurt. And then on the flip side, let me hear the ways you've been hurt so I can hear it too. Like, that's not an easy conversation. It's not. And it's it's so deep because I know a mother never wants her child to feel in pain from something they've said. So as a kid or a child, you're like, how do I tell my mom this? But then also as a kid, it's like, 
for some reason, the things our parents say about and to us stick like no other. Like it is so rooted in us that you have to address it. And I'm learning now, like we are so, our lineage is so intertwined with how, who we are. And I think like, that's something I wasn't willing to look at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, I'm my own person. I don't, you know, I'm not associated with this. And I mean, I can just see now like, wow, I needed to heal this before I fell in love for sure. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That is so interesting. Chills again, because we talk about this all the time. I feel like we are somehow in the same wavelength, but I feel like that was the block within me too, because I had been single before I met my current partner for like three and a half years. And I was playing this story over and over in my head that it's going to be really hard to find love. It's going to be so hard. And when I do find it, I'm going to lose it. And that was just the continual story. And it was like... Because you thought you were ice queen subconsciously. Yeah. Something happened or someone made a comment back, you know, seven years ago that that just stuck with me. And yeah, that I didn't understand what this block was because in my mind, I was like, I'm so mindful. You know, I've studied law of attraction and manifestation and all these things. Like, how could I be blocking love? That sounds so silly. But, and you don't think a parent's love needs to be unblocked to find partner love. But I'm like, yes, it does. Like, I, that's probably the biggest one. It's, it's the like, biggest one. Find partnership because now you're going to create a family with someone. So you need to heal that family, like you said, lineage first. It's so true. I mean, it's so true. And it's the stuff we don't want to look at. I know. And now I'm thinking about it too. I'm like, how did you even... Like, it sounds like you were very open with your mom having these conversations, but like, was there a specific modality or tool or book that you were like, hey, I think we should, you know, open up the conversation with this? No, it was starting to riddle me, riddle me with emotions. I mean, I was in Austin, Texas, and I had this kind of awakening about how I felt like I was alone. And then it kept coming back to my mom. Like I kept feeling like I was alone. But what I really unboxed on my own was that I didn't feel seen. So I it was more so because I just started to learn so much about myself and like what my soul needed. And I started to piece together all these things that have trauma. I have not had trauma, but I have started to piece together all these things that have traumatized me, like being in school systems and, and, you know, my teachers and people not seeing me, like thinking I'm weird, but me thinking like, I just don't see things this way. You know what I mean? And that was after going through like 13 schools, it traumatized me to be like, I'm this weird kid. And then I moved to LA and it was kind of the same thing, you know? Like I was in and out of all these situations. I haven't been in a relationship. I have gone through lots of different friend groups. And it was kind of this like, who am I? And then I started to learn, read so much and studied, started to study astrology. So I was like studying my soul's desire and my south node. And like, I'm an Aries and my south node is an Aries. So that's a lot of Aries. So I started to realize that I felt really unfulfilled no matter how much I do. And that scared me because I'm like, wow, I can launch a product. I can do all these things and I feel unfulfilled. That's terrifying. And what I realized that was is because doing things like business, like launching a product line. Everyone is like, wow, that's so great. And it's so cool. And it is. But to be quite honest, those kind of things come really easy for me. 
Like I am just like born a pioneer and I'm born an entrepreneur and like hard is easy for me. Like that war, like, let me just like get this done. Like that's me. So that doesn't challenge me. But what does challenge me is like love and intimacy and transformation and death and sex. Like that is invigorating to me. And that's also when I'm tapping into those areas where I feel fulfilled and where I'm like, I have so much teaching and learning in this area. So what I also started to realize is I didn't feel seen by my mom in the sense that it was, she loves me so much, but there was six years from when I was in LA where we started to get really surface level with each other. And it was literally tearing me up inside, like making my womb hurt. Like it was making me hurt so much because my mom and I are not, I just knew and she knew we are so intertwined and connected Like, I just know as a child, like, I never wanted to let her go. Like, it was like my mom, you know? And um, so I started to piece all these things together. And then I started to realize that, like, I know what to ask for. I started to piece all these things together that, wow, all these people, when they praise me for what I'm doing, it means nothing to me. But if they praise me for, like, I see your soul or, like, I see that deep work you're doing. And like, I see the kindness in your heart. Like that sticks with me. And so I started to realize that I needed to voice this because I had just shut my mom out because it was that same thing of being a kid, of being in school systems and being in relationships. Like my my only boyfriend, like he did not see me and I saw him. And so it was traumatizing kind of um, because... I never was seen. And so I started to realize like, I need to ask to be seen and I need to tell people around me, like I am soft and I am loving. And I know it appears that everything is kind of like easy. And I know I look like a warrior, but inside I feel soft. So I knew I needed to tell my mom that. And when I got here, I mean, my mom she was riddled. Like she had like her thyroid was inflamed and like she was feeling it too because I believe we're so interconnected. And so it was on the second night and we like walked in from dinner and it just like, we both were sitting in the foyer taking our shoes off and it just came out for like three hours. And I was just saying all these things that, you know, have accumulated and all these comments. And she was saying how like, she felt like, well, you left when you were 18 and you appeared, you didn't need anyone. And I was trying to get out of your way. And I also had to take responsibility, which was hard for me of being like, like I literally said, I said, I know I seem like I'm fine, but like, it's, that's just my armor. I know how to Mm -hmm. go to war. And, but like inside, I want someone to tell me like, don't go to war, Kenzie you know? And, but my mom's like, you're just so fiery. Like, it seems like everyone has to get out of your way. So it was that. And then it was like just days after that, where I just started asking and saying like, it doesn't my, you know, I was like, you have been there for me for the past six years, but I want you to know that like telling me like great job on launching a product just doesn't mean anything to me. Cause that's easy. I want mm-hmm. someone to tell me they see my soul. Cause that's, that's really where I feel like I'm seen. 
So, Ooh. yeah. And then we did, got all into astrology and like realized the North and South node and like, oh my God, like my mom hasn't been used to her voice ever. You know, like I have, we're going through this self-discovery at such a young age, but our parents didn't have this opportunity. And so my mom's never gotten to use her voice. Her North Node is Aries. So like she's supposed to use her voice. She's supposed to be the warrior. And she's watched me do that. Like this child she's birthed has just gone out and done what she's supposed to do. So that's just been eye-opening. And now what I learned, I think the biggest takeaway is just like compassionate communication is so huge because just my mom now is like, I know how to love you now. And I know how to love my mom now. And I have so much more compassion for my mom. And it's just huge. But yeah, it wasn't easy. And it literally, we've been unboxing it for two weeks. Like we talk about it every morning. (laughs) That is so, it's so beautiful and then so hard and then so healing. And it's so, it's actually such a blessing too that you've been able to go home and reopen that conversation versus like, Oh, well, it's already been six years. So, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to grow up and be that person and we'll figure this out in another lifetime. Because a lot of people do that. Most people do that. Like, sure. that's when all this resentment comes up later when you're having families and then, you know, all these boundaries get crossed and then money things happen. And you're like, what the fuck is this happening from? And it's like, oh, something from our teenage years. And you said something so cool too about like, expressing what you need. I don't know what your love language is. We talked about this last podcast. We My did. We're so different now. I know. I'm like, who the fuck were we six months ago? Like, it, it's insane. Mind blowing. But mine is a words of affirmation. So, to your point, like, some things that people say to me or do for me, it just doesn't mean anything. But if your words, like people's words, mean so much, if it's like you said about something that is around my soul. So, when I was going through this whole thing with my mom specifically too of like, okay, that one email hurt me. But it wasn't just the email. There's a bunch of little things too where I was also a very independent child. Like I grew up and then my sister and brother happened back to back and they had all these like health issues and things happening and my mom was always with them. And she said, I just kind of like would start making lunch myself and like getting ready for school myself. And like, I even knew directions how to get to school. And I was like four years old. And like my grandparents would drive me and be like, go left, go right. And they're like, my mom's like, how did Chelsea get to school? And she's like, they, she told us. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't, I'm so bad at directions now. That I was so independent that my mom said the same thing. She's like, it just seemed like you didn't need help. Like you didn't need help when, when you were five years old. So when you became older, you never needed help. And then you started traveling and it was like, bye, see ya. Like, I guess she's fine and doesn't need help or doesn't want to be you know, told anything or expressed to in any way. And I remember this idea came actually after my dad had a stroke. So my dad had a stroke in December. I was in Australia. This is like flights home were $3,000 and I was working like a hospitality job. I'm like, I can't fly home and back for $3,000. And I just started to actually play out this scenario of like, what would happen if my dad passed away? And what will I regret not saying? Because there's probably a lot that I'm going to regret if this for some reason goes bad. And I remember being like, I don't know a lot outside of like surface level things. Like, yeah, I know what college he went to and I know his favorite football team and this and that. But I'm like, I don't know why my dad decided to marry my mom. You know, like what? Like that's a very interesting story. Like he proposed her after one month and they got engaged 
after you know the three months they got engaged. And so I'm like, what is the actual story? Like, yeah, they love each other, but like, what was the quality in my mom that made him think after three months, I'm ready to get down on one knee? Or how have they been able to stay married for 30 years? Like all these questions that I knew my dad specifically isn't like a super verbal person. So I was like, I'm just going to email them these questions. And I asked them for what I needed. I was like, I asked them like questions about them, but then I was like, what do you, what are three words you'd use to describe me? Like, what would you describe my personality as? If you're telling someone about me, what do you say? And reading those responses, I mean, I was like a puddle in my bed reading these. Oh my these gosh, I, I have like, goosebumps. These are the words I've been wanting to hear that you said are not just about like, great job on the podcast, or oh my gosh, crushing it in Australia. Because to me, I'm like, this is easy. This like, is what I, I do. Just, yeah. <laughs> so then to hear these things of like your essence and hearing my dad call me like, resilient and magnetic and all these things. I'm like, holy shit. I've never even heard my dad use these words. So I that was just an exercise that I'm like, now I have this transcription of all these words that they said to me that if something were to ever happen, it's like I have this beautiful almost letter of an email about our communication. And it was something I didn't think of though until it was almost too late. Like mm-hmm. until my dad was literally in the hospital. He is fine now. Thank God. He's like up and at it. He just did yoga this morning. But it was it was something that made me realize I don't want to I don't want this to happen again. Like I don't want my boyfriend to be sick and then we have to tell him how I really feel or my sister to do something and then I have to wait until she's on her deathbed to get something out there. So it was just a such a big lesson in like it's okay to ask for what you want, but I think we've been taught like that's selfish or that's greedy or that's too much to ask for what you want. It's like, no, it's not. I it's actually a desire that has to be fulfilled. For sure. And and it's also, it's hard because you have to get clear on what you want. Like it took all that unboxing, like a whole year for me to realize I don't want to be seen for what I'm seen as. And also make all those connections of like, why do I keep getting traumatized when people don't see me? I mean, it was back from when I was two years old. Like, you know, and so that's just so huge. But one point I want to bring up with you, because I want to go into this so much, because when we WhatsApp, I, I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to talk to you. But one thing I know we both talked about last time we talked, when we podcast in March, we were both like, we're so masculine. How do we become feminine? Like, I remember we were both like, how do we do this? And there is something I think about also healing this lineage, like with our mothers and like our womb and all of this, a part of the softening process. But I want to hear about your softening process because you're, we were at the same place. And then I don't even know what happened, but like you got a boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And fell in love. I want to hear the story. Oh my gosh. I think it really happened when the pandemic hit. I was supposed to go across Australia, go to this job to get another visa, literally arrived. And they're like, sorry, this job isn't happening because of the pandemic. So you can nanny and stay here for accommodation until we figure things out. And like that's like basically your only option. Flights home were $10,000, $10,000 minimum. I had spent all my savings to get over. Like I flew across Australia. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll nanny. Like It was kind of my back's against the wall. I have nothing else to do. So the thing was, there was another nanny there helping out and we were in a mansion. So I was like, this is not a bad setup. Like We're in a really nice place and we have 
we were taking turns. So I use that whole time as an opportunity to like work on myself. Like this is actually when I really started adopting your lifestyle. Um, I that's when we podcasted was when I was in that specific. Situation. I remember it. I remember, and, I and like, you've like yeah. got a boyfriend. You started a business. You've. I'm just like I need to hear all of this. I, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? When I talked to you last, I literally was just, I think, getting out of working at a gelato shop and a social media job, and like all these random fucking jobs that I didn't even want. But I was still just in a place where I didn't know what to do. So I was like, well, while you're waiting to figure it out, at least nanny. So yeah, I was doing the fruit first thing. And then my cart suddenly started getting full of more veggies and fruits. And I was doing Pilates outside and walking on the beach because I had nothing else to do. Like there was truly, it's like, what are you going to do? Sit in your room and you can't go out to restaurants or anything. So this is what you can do. And, and I remember you telling me, you were like, we had a phone conversation in like March and you were like, I think I'm just going to put my head down and try to start this business. And like, I, we, we talked about what it could be. And then you just went and fucking did it. It was, it was amazing. You know where it came from? A meditation. And I know you'll appreciate this because I've seen how much you've talked about slowing down and finding stillness. This came from meditation where I was like, I actually originally started teaching yoga online and this this became a really big thing where people were blowing up, remember? Like mm-hmm. fitness teachers were like getting Venmoed, you know, all the time and then all of a sudden doing lives and making like thousands of dollars. I was like, ooh, I'm going to try that. Like, let me teach <laughs> yoga online. And then I was like, I actually don't even really like doing this. Like I have my yoga certification, but it wasn't like my soul's purpose, but it was bringing in money. So I was like, hmm, maybe I can do something else. And then I had this idea to do an app. I was like, ooh, I want to be like the yoga millennial version of Melissa Wood Health. Like, I'm going to make an app. And then that's when I would text you like, how do you start an app? Like, who did you talk to? What do you do? I don't even understand it. And then I was like frantic about my business. I was like, I don't know what to do. But you did have an awakening because then you told me. And I remember being like, yeah, follow that. Okay, so talk about it. Keep going. I don't mean to cut you off. going all in this yoga thing. And then I'm doing one of my little bloody sessions outside. I'm sitting down doing literally a five-minute meditation. And it still gives me chills like thinking about this. This idea hit me like a bolt of lightning. It was like those movies where like that's so Raven has a vision and you're like, holy yeah. shit. Like, everything clicked where I'm like, Chelsea, you need to be teaching about mindset, manifestation, like empowering yourself. And it was like, all the pieces of the puzzle started clicking. It was like, I was like, holy shit. And then I started thinking of all these manifestation coaches that I didn't even realize have been on my podcast, like Jesse Delo. And then I love manifestation babes content. And then this other girl, Natalia Benson, I'm like, wait, all these people are doing things. Like I thought this was a fake job I was making up in my mind. And I'm like, Chelsea, you literally have had people on that do this. Like they teach courses, they have podcasts, they do, they have digital products. And I'm like, Holy shit, my background is in digital media. I have a podcast. Like it literally was like the perfect storm. And I swear it was like a you, I'm sure have felt this every single time you've had an idea. It's like a fire lights under you where you will go to hell and back to mm-hmm. <laughs> like I that day, like that day, bought the domain for my website. I changed I had a Facebook group. I changed it. I went live in the Facebook group. I was like, hey. We're not doing yoga anymore. This, the content is changing by like, if you don't want to stay, that's fine. We're going right ahead with mindset. I mean, it was like... What's psychotic. your human like, design? I'm a reflector. No fucking way. I literally yes. was just talking to my mom before I came to record this. 
I am, well, this has been an ongoing conversation, but every single woman that I am really close with in my life is a reflector and they are the 0.1%. Like, yes, Jenna is my really good friend. And Jenna's like, how is this possible, Kenzie? I'm telling you, Jordan, Sabelle, my mom, you, like, I, yes. And I keep telling my mom, I'm like, everywhere I look, I'm like mirrored back. Like, it's insane. And you're, are you a manifesting generator? Yeah. But you seem are like a manifesting generator, but you probably just reflect that because you are absorbed manifesting generators. Yes. Like everyone, I'm, my best friend's a manifesting generator. My boyfriend's a manifesting generator. My other best friend is, you are. So I'm like, I'm the opposite where all my friends are manifesting generator. So to your point, I think I like take on that energy with my reflectorness because everyone in my life is a Manny Gen. Yeah, this this was like manifesting generator energy. And then we caught up and had that like two hour phone call. And the same day I talked to my other manifesting generator friend for like three hours. And it was like, a vortex, like you said, it was like all the pieces were clicking together, like so. Then it was like off to the races. I was like, I'm gonna make a course, I'm gonna make a digital, like whatever I need to do to get this message out. And then I really invested in resources to get this off the ground. Like I hired a business coach, and then I would be messaging you. I'm like, how do you make an ebook? How do you like make this happen? Like, I was just trying to figure out anything I could, and it shows what it the the outcome of like being in alignment is people will see that and be so attracted to you. Like I did my live in the Facebook group being like, Hey, here's the update we're changing. And like that day, someone messaged me to be a one-on-one client. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I thought I would get a one-on-one client in like six months. And she's like, I can just feel your energy. Like this is what you're meant to be doing. I would love to be like your first one-on-one client. I was like, fuck. So I'm like, it was so easy because I was in alignment. Like finally, I wasn't in resistance to what my purpose was. Everything I was saying came out from my throat like so eloquently and magically. And I was like, this is what I meant to be doing. So I was on top of the world with that. I launched my first course. It went so well. It actually, I want to talk to you about this. Like the jump from making like a few hundred bucks a month to making like thousands of dollars was insane. Like I had never seen that money in my bank account. And I was like, okay, this shows I'm in alignment, but I also did not energetically prepare to handle this money. And so that was something I was going through. Um, But to get to the boyfriend part, I was just so in alignment with what I was doing that eventually the whole lockdown thing started to end. And I had one more month left on my visa. And I told my friend, the manager and friend I'm talking about, Marley, I was like, why don't we spend my last month in Byron Bay? Like Byron Bay is the spot to be. It is like people are barefoot, swimming, doing yoga, reading, journaling. I'm like, that just seems like a good spot to have my last month. And that was when I felt so happy because I was doing everything that nourished my soul. Like my work was nourishing. I was waking up and going on beach swims and walks, listening to amazing podcasts, like meditating outside in the sun. And everybody's like that in Byron Bay. So you don't feel like the weird odd one or something. Like wow. <laughs> I remember going to a cafe and this guy ordered his coffee. This guy, he just ordered his coffee and then goes and sits by a tree out front of the cafe and starts meditating, waiting for his coffee. I was like, yep, this is the spot I meant to be. So I was just in... It was like my soul was finally like glowing. That's what it felt like. And I remember I was supposed to go out that night with my friend. And she's like, we're not going to go out. We're too tired. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm gonna go out. I've met some cool people out here and I just wanna like meet some new friends. So we go out and it's what everybody says when you're not looking, you'll find someone. Like I went out with the intention of just meeting some new pals. And then my now boyfriend had come up to the table and 
we're just making jokes at our table and we started talking and we hit it off, but we were like drunk. We were just out having fun. And I'm like, oh, this is a fun fling. Like he had to go leave. He was going on a trip up the coast. And I just held this vision that I'm like, we had a connection and if, if it's meant to work out, it will. And trust me, my ego did not want to think that my ego and everybody around me was like, he left, he's gone, he's not coming back. Why would you try to keep this going? But we just had such a natural connection on texting and WhatsApp that I was like, I'm just going to kind of wait until this fizzles out. And then he randomly messaged me and was like, are you still in Byron Bay? I'm like, yeah, I still have like two weeks left here. He's like, well, I think we're going to come back. Like the coronavirus up here sucks. Like we're just going to spend our last few days. He was leaving back to Germany. He's like, we're going to spend our last few days in Byron. And I was like, ooh, yay, like a few more days with this cute guy. And then it was a crazy turn of events. Like he was there for two weeks. And the first week we were kind of feeling each other out still like, okay, was that just a drunk fling or is this like something real? And then it's like something clicked and we had this open conversation about our families. Like we kind of moved on beyond the surface level stuff. And then it was like, boom, inseparable. Like we spent every day together. We started hanging out every single day, all the way through the night and having really deep, meaningful conversations. Like not just, oh, you know, what do you miss about Germany and Australia? It was like talking about our childhood and taking risks and our future and our dreams and money and like things I've never talked about with guys. I'm like, this is a very deep connection that I've never had. If he was going back to Germany, I was like, I'm not going to fucking Germany. I'm in Australia. Like, why would I leave this beautiful Byron Bay to go to Germany? And I remember his last day, he's like, all right, well, you know, have fun in Australia. Like, you're going to kill it here. You're doing so well. And I gave him a hug. And then I, I ran up to my room and it was bawling, like sobbing, crying. And I'm like, this is weird for only knowing this guy for barely two weeks that I am this upset about it. And I knew that something was like, like this wasn't over. Because I'm like, I am way too sad about this to like let this go. I remember I brought my journal to the beach and I wrote like all the fun times we had and how amazing it was. And then we kind of just kept keeping in touch through WhatsApp. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I kind of was just hoping something would happen. And I was like, maybe it will fizzle, maybe it won't. And then my Manny Jen friend and her, she has a German boyfriend. So he was <laughs> like, he's like, I don't get it. You like him. He likes you. And Germans are very blunt. Like they're just like, say it exactly how it is. He's like, why aren't you over there? I was like, I can't go to Germany. Like, that's crazy. I've known him for barely two weeks. Like all we did was hang out at Byron Bay. He was like, yeah, but you guys have a deep connection. Like I can tell the way you hang out and the way you guys are with each other. Like this is someone you need to explore more. And my other friend was like, yeah, just go to Germany. You wanted to go to Europe anyway. I'm like, well, that was actually the plan was to go to Europe after Australia. So we kept talking, me and him. And I swear he like was a very spiritual person in his past life. But now he swears he's like not spiritual. But he is so like, sure, why not? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? If you don't like it, you move back. If you decide to do this, you don't have to do it. Like he was just very like, that really intrigues like, me about European culture. Um, that's like why I'm so. I it's, I'm like I have to get over there. Just I feel European. Yes. I feel European because of that. Um, yes, that just like why not? Like let's just see. I I see think it's so here. Here, I don't mean to like put down America, but it's so us to be like. Well, I don't know. Does like does that make sense? Like to make it so. Yeah analyzed. It's like, well, why not just go see? 
Oh, I Americans, I can tell you this with <laughs> certainty is like we overcomplicate and try to overexplain and justify everything. everything. Everyone. And he was like, I kept saying, you know, what will your mom think? What if this? What if what if I don't like Germany? What if I don't like this? I mean, I was using every what if excuse in the book. And he finally said one day, he's like, I don't understand why you make up every scenario. Like none of these things have happened. And you keep saying what if instead of like, what about right now? And I'm like, okay, do you want to lead my next program? Because you like are so good with your words. And so yeah, he was amazing. And then we ended up just going for it. I mean, it was like looking back, I'm like, wow, I was actually crazy to do that. But I decided to just like let my visa run out and pack my stuff and move to Germany. And it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie about it. Like Germany is a tough country to adjust to. And the language is hard. The people are not like Americans that are like, Oh, hi, how are you? They're just kind of like, who are you? Why are you here? So it hasn't been easy, but he has been such an amazing person in helping me adapt there, like calling the language schools, helping me get my visa up. Like even last night, I was crying about we're long distance right now. I'm back in America because I have to wait and apply for a visa. And I was like, I am just stressed. Like I feel like I had a restructure in my business. I miss you. America's on like fire. Like I'm so stressed <laughs> out. And he just talked me off this ledge of like in a very practical way, like step by step. Why don't you check this off the list of this? Now go do this, go do this. And I'm like, wow, I know I made the best decision when everybody thinks I'm fucking crazy. Like when they hear this story, they're like, you guys met for two weeks and you moved across the world to be with him. I'm like, there is something about, you've said this one of your podcasts too, that you've heard when you find love, it's like easy. That's what it was. Everything was easy with him. Like with him specifically, maybe the situation was hard. Maybe adjusting to Germany was hard, but like being with him is so easy. I never feel the need to like, look at who he's following or take his phone. Like these were things I used to do when I was younger. Like, Oh, we've all done it. Yeah. You know, goes to the shower and you grab their phone and look at it. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, show me one girl that hasn't done that. But it's, it is, it's also a level of being so spiritually and content with your own soul and being with the right person. Like I'm finding it in just situations where like my whole outlook on life is completely changing where I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Europe when it's right. And like when it feels good and when the situation flows, like I'm so over doing things when it's not just in alignment. Like when I went to Wyoming, I was like, this is how it's supposed to feel when you just feel like love and full. It's just like, you don't, cause I didn't even know you had a boyfriend. And this is another sign of, I've heard this and I feel this way about certain aspects of my life, but like when you don't need to over-explain yourself and you don't need to be like, I like this person because of this and like he infatuates me and da-da-da-da-da. It's just like, no, this is just good. And I'm just going to live in this like goodness and it's secure and I'm secure and I don't need to talk about it all the time because you just know. You just know. That's exactly it. Oh my gosh. I was very intentional about that too. Not being like, guess what? Moving to Germany to be with my love and da, 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 da. Because I did that in a past relationship where I would overcompensate with what was lacking by posting. Like I remember I would get in a fight with my ex-boyfriend and then I would post that night like on a trip with my love. And I'm like, we literally got in a fight an hour ago. Like this is so fake where this relationship now is so easy. So he is so confident and secure and not in an arrogant way. Like he's just so sure of himself that 
I don't even feel the need to post because he's not like, why aren't you posting about me? Why don't people know I'm like, he loves it. He's like, I I don't care if you do, you do whatever you want to do. I don't care if you want to talk about me or not on your podcast. I don't care if you post about me or not. Like, it's just so refreshing that that whole jealousy piece is gone. The insecurity is gone. Like, there are a lot of things too that this is a, a big lesson that I realized I was bringing from my past and almost projecting on him or thinking he would react in a certain way. And I'm like, wow, I definitely need to work on that and heal that because I don't want to ruin this relationship from bringing my past shit into this one. And that's why actually currently now I'm like looking into therapy and more healing because this is such a solid relationship. And I'm like, I am not going to sabotage this because of whatever happened in my past. But yes, there is something to be said about easy, flowy, secure that all that like gunk and ew and whatever happened in the past, just like, it's like an exhale. You're like, Ah, oh, finally. So I know people think we're crazy when we hear this story. We also have a big age gap. Like I'm way older than him, but he is such an old soul. Like similar to you. I always say this. I'm like, age doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. It's, it's I feel like I'm like 70 years old most of the time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm 20. So I'm like, it actually, we're, it's so silly to think of like age being the one factor to hold us back. So yeah, I think that all came from finding stillness getting so in tune with my body, like being a vessel for downloads because I was always so distracted by noise and jobs and going out and drinking. And when I had that experience during the pandemic where I'm like, well, I have nothing else to do but work on my health and my mind, that's when everything happened. Like my job clicked, finding a boyfriend happened. I moved with ease. Like it was it was insane how easy everything was because I was so in tune with myself. Yeah, it's incredible. Okay, there's two things that I wanted to ask. Well, the first thing I wanted to say when you were um, talking about like the therapy and the things you want to do now to not sabotage, this is something that I'm working through now too, just on my work level. But it's so, I just wanted to reflect this back to you. It's so easy to be in a completely new situation, but have the same impulses as the past, like the shower, like looking at who someone's talking to when they're in the shower. It's like, it's not that like you wouldn't trust someone, but it's like, that's an impulse because that's a pattern you used to have. We're like, right now with my work, because I've shifted so much and I'm like, I don't have the same might that I used to have of like, I don't care to be like big boss bitch anymore. You know what I mean? And orchestrating these things. Like, it's just not there for me anymore. And I keep telling myself like every day when I wake up and I think about like working I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I like riddle myself all morning of like, I don't want to work. And then when I sit down to actually like do it, because what I'm working on now is just, I mean, it's, it's me, but I'm like telling myself, I can make it new for who I am now, or I can keep bringing the past in. Like I will literally right now, eat myself up for three hours about having to like wire a payment or send one email, but I do it and it takes two minutes. And I'm like, you need to decondition from the triggers you have with like who you were when you were doing that. So Mm -hmm. I do think that it's so, I wanted to reflect that back to you. Like, it's so important to be so aware of that, of like not projecting your old ways of doing something into a completely new situation. One thousand. 
1000%. Like if you aren't self-aware, then it will easily go downhill. Like I could pick that up in a second where I'm like, "Mm -mm, this is me reacting to the past relationship where if I don't think I had that awareness, I would just start blaming everything on my partner. Like he doesn't do this or he's not asking about this. And I'm like, no, I am literally taking those experiences and putting them on my current partner. And yeah, if, if you don't heal those and you're not aware of those, it will... 100% 100% start. It'll manifest in your things. whole life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even with my mom, the, my family work, like now that my mom and I have established this, it's like, okay. So now each time something comes up, I need to approach it differently, which is hard because, you know, in the past, we've both just suppressed. And then, like, you know, I saw myself do, getting frustrated at breakfast the other day and I like took my fruit bowl and went and ate it in the basement. And then I'm like, okay, like we're not doing this anymore. So then it was like an app two hours later, you know, back upstairs and being like, okay, actually I just felt really frustrated because you said this. And, you know, it's just like having to constantly remember that we're going to act differently now. And our old triggers, we don't have to act in the same way we once did. It's so, it takes a level of awareness, but it's um, beautiful work. And the compassionate communication, what you talked about earlier, like you said, when you just stormed off with the fruit bowl, like I've been there too, because my reaction is like, I don't want to cause an argument. So I'm going to run away from this before it gets bigger. When my boyfriend is like, please just tell me whatever is bothering you in the moment. Like, I'm not going to scream at you or yell at you. Like we don't communicate that way. We've never called each other a name. I would, we were even, we did a podcast together and we're like, what's our biggest fight? And it was like such a silly fight and we don't even call it fights. And I'm like, I used to hate when people said that. I'm like, oh yeah, you don't fight. Like that's bullshit. But I'm like, because we don't fight because we we make it a very conscious effort to not get to that level of fighting. Like we do not hit below the belt. We're not going to start like bringing shit up from the past. It's like, like what you said, I feel this because you said this. Or like, maybe I made an assumption about this. And so now I'm feeling this. And I've noticed... I make a lot of assumptions. I'm like, well, I just thought you were going to say this. Or I thought if I said this, you might react this way. And he's like, you need to bring these things up in the moment and tell me directly and I can handle it. Like I am ready to talk it out with you. And because of that, it has made this whole like process of actually deconditioning from the past a lot easier because I know he's not there to like make me feel like shit or make me feel less than him or anything. He's like, I want to hear everything that's on your mind so that we can figure it out. And I'm like, wow, this is a new concept. A guy that wants to like be in healthy communication. Oh, okay. They exist. And it, so, but I'm like, I also have to remember that of course they exist. It's because I healed my, a lot of myself that I ended up attracting this person where I know it would not be the same if I was the person I was three years ago with him. Okay. So what I wanted to ask you about was your shift with yourself moving into this relationship because you had a big block, didn't you? Oh my gosh. I had, I mean, I had a million blocks, yeah. but I think a lot what shifted in myself was in my last relationship, how he, long ago he, was he that? Was very insecure. Twenty like sixteen, twenty seventeen. So okay. that was my last relationship, like okay. three ish years ago before this one. Um, that partner was very insecure and would always like shit on my success. Like I had a huge contract at work, like multiple six figure contract. I remember we went out to celebrate, and he's like, "Wow, really going to drink at the bar to celebrate?" I'm like, "Yeah, like that's what my company and I are going to go do." Like. And then I went on a trip to Greece and I FaceTimed him and he's like, I don't want to hear about your trip. Like oh. these are really things that were happening. Like he didn't want to hear about my success or my travels or anything. 
And so I just assumed, oh, a guy doesn't want to be with a successful woman. So I'm going to have to downplay my success in order to not emasculate my partner. So with my current boyfriend, that was a block that I had. Like, I'm going to have to downplay it because this is right when my stuff was taking off. Like, girls were signing up for my course left and right. I was getting one on one inquiries. And I'm like, I feel like I can't share this with him. So I'm going to kind of like beat around the bush and be like, oh yeah, I'm just working on this like little thing and really downplaying what it was. And then finally, when we started dating and I really started explaining what I did and like how much money I made, I was scared to tell him because I'm like, this is going to be really emasculating. And he was like, that's fucking amazing. Like, hell yeah, congrats. Like, that's awesome. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought this would be so different than than what I am now. And I, what we were talking about last time with the masculine stuff too, is like, I always feel like I had to like, prove my worth to a guy because of my past partnerships. Like He needs to know my education and what I do and how much money I make and where I used to work and what brands I used to work with. Like Almost like a resume. Like I used to really go into dating. I was like, here's my resume and that's my worth. And that's what I was kind of working on and trying to unblock with him was like, I am not my resume. I am not my last title. I am not my income. Like there are so many qualities to me that I know would make such an amazing partner. And I needed like just show like my essence is enough, but that took a lot of work. I hired a feminine embodiment coach. She was amazing. Her name is Jenna Miller. And she taught me about like softening and and masculine and feminine energy. And, and like what was what did you energy. learn about softening? Oh my gosh. Like what was the one I thing think- that really stood out with you with that? One thing that really stood out with me was expressing your desires and being open to what's the word I'm looking for? Like receiving. Because I realized in my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, duh, of course I'm open to receiving. Like, isn't everybody? But it's like, well, not really. Like with my body language or my my language, or let's say we're talking, but I'm like arms crossed and like looking away from him or scrolling Mm. on my phone. Like these little subtleties that you're like, oh, well, I'm just on my phone working. But it's like, that's actually communicating to him. Like I'm blocking you off. And like, I don't want to hear from you. And little things like that where I'm like, oh, holy shit, I do do that. Like I do do this. Or like, if I'm mad, I'll turn my back to him or I'll walk away. Like you said, storming off with something. And I'm like, wow, that is not softening. But softening also just like not feeling this fiery energy to like prove myself. Mm-hmm. Like, let just be. Like, she really taught me when I went and I was going on a date with him and I told her, I feel like I'm going to bring up the resume conversation again because I feel like that's my worth. Like, here's what I've done and here's what I work with. And she's like, the softening is just like, let him lead. Like, let him be the masculine energy and lead and like get to know your essence. Like, that's what he wants is your essence, not your titles and your income and who you've helped. And oh my gosh, it was like a world of difference. Like I swear I credit her with why I'm in this healthy relationship now. Because if I didn't allow that part of me to come through, I would have just led with that resume speak that I had for so long. I just thought of your mantra or anyone who's listening that feels like that really resonates. But here's here's everyone's mantra for that is like, my essence is enough. That's it right there. My essence is enough. I mean, it's so true. It's so true. I'm so, uh, that's, that's all I want to be seen for. So when anyone's like, good job on what you're doing, I'm like, no, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> you're like, my essence. What about Talk my essence? about my yeah, essence. 
Oh my gosh, we we had to go through that a lot. And and energetic cord cutting, that was something big that I didn't realize. I mean, it seems obvious that I was bringing that one past relationship up, but there were actually a lot of like little flings I was still bringing into where I was just bringing those issues in. So yeah, energetic cord cutting and like, there was just so much I learned from her. It's like hard to pick one, but I think really opening up to the feminine. And I used to think feminine just meant submissive, passive, weak, doesn't stand up for herself. And she's like, no, the feminine is like the goddess, the power, like the nurturer, the lover. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I want to embody those things. I want to be like the goddess of this relationship that my partner worships. And and on the same token, like I worship his divine masculine. And like these were words and terms that I never had heard six months ago. And learning about them from her and actually understanding, it just clicked like, oh my gosh, I need to stop leading with my masculine and thinking that the resume is what's going to be the thing that he's attracted to. Like That's like a you know secondary third thing that he cares about. It's the essence. And my the coach said that to me too. Like, Chelsea, your essence is enough. Period. Done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's scary. Like mm-hmm. we're taught, especially in American culture, like, no, it's not. Like you need another title. You need more income. You need this. You need to work 60 hours a week. So... That's who I thought I was, but I very quickly learned in that relationship, like that's not what he cares about at all. It's it's that's incredible. You're so evolved in yourself, in yourself. You're just very aware. Okay, another question I have for you with your so are you fully living off your business now? Yes, I'm fully living off my business. I did a whole I feel like, again, whenever I see you your stuff online, I'm like, we are on the same wavelength where I had this huge moment where I'm like, this was my business, but I need to restructure. Like something doesn't feel right. Like something in my offers doesn't feel right. Something in my messaging. And I started following a ton of coaches at one point when I was starting my business. And I remember being like, am I like just a watered down version of this person? Or am I like a 2.0 version of this person? Like, I don't want to be that. I want to be my own thing. And I think that along with going from making like no money nannying to making so much money was so energetically scary that I did this weird pause where I'm like, I don't want to launch anything. I don't want to take on any new clients. It's self-sabotage. I've done it so many times. Self-sabotage. Yeah. I've done it so many times when I hit, uh, like I, I hit the tipping point and I self-sabotage the shit out of myself, which I'm really working yep. through right now. But that oh is also, God. it's connected to love. It's connected to the essence. It's the same exact mantra applies with money is what I'm learning. Like sex, death, money, the spirituality, they're all so connected on the same energetic frequency that, like let my essence be enough. Like that's the same exact thing with money because it is, it's like, think about sex. It's like, it's receiving, right? You're like receiving pleasure and love and like being seen by another person. With money, it's like that energetic of receiving. And for people, I think, especially you and me, we've been on this journey of like warrior, warrior energy. So there comes this point when we're like, oh, we can't receive. like. It's like almost addicted to war, I feel like, yes. in a way. So when it, I was going to ask you that. It comes so easy that you're like, well, shouldn't this have been hard? Yeah. Like, and like, let me go know. make it hard. Yes. Like, let me go bleed a little bit. 
And that's the that's the deep pattern. And I think we do it in relationships too, of like, wow, this person could really see me, like let me go bleed like on my own and and mm-hmm. and not need you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, exactly. So yeah, it's it's like you said, your essence is everything. Like people have bought from me because they've said, I just love your energy. I love your essence. And I'm like, oh, I thought I needed to add another workbook here, add another module here, do 10 more podcasts. And it's like, no, your energy and your essence is enough. But to answer your question, yeah, my, I'm like full-time in my business and I definitely am going through a restructure now and healing a lot of self-sabotaging around money. So I would love to hear about your experience with like going from making a few hundred bucks to like all of a sudden skyrocketing and then figuring out how to energetically handle and manage that. Yeah, so... Wow, it's this is so we're always on the same wavelength. My mom and I were up till 1 a.m. last night talking about this because this is a huge wake up within me too. Is I did the same thing. I started a business, I made so much money, and then last year I spent all of it just like irresponsibly. Now, when I think about it, I'm sick to my stomach because I think I don't regret it because I learned from everything I do, but I think like how almost rude was that? And how like, what's the word I'm looking for? How it was just kind of like nasty energy, like projecting my shit on like, like it was so unnecessary. I can't tell you one thing I spent my money on that is like of value that is in my current sphere, but it was like almost out of control. And the word I'm looking for is like no self-value. Like there was no self-value in that. There was no no thought. Like there was no, like there was the purses, the furniture, the cars, the apartment. Not to mention, I'm realizing like I started paying so many people to work for me. Like an accountant that I put on retainer, the most expensive graphic designer I could possibly have. The like I hired out help for everything. And then I also like kind of stopped working. So when now I've been asking the question to my friends of business, like, what's your overhead? And they tell me, and I'm like, I wasn't making money for the past nine months while I was doing my products. And my overhead was twice as much as these people that I'm like, you're making like okay, a lot of money compared to what I'm making. And your overhead is like nothing. So it's really had me look at my shit of like, why? Also, like, why am I not questioning these things? Why am I just being like, oh, you want $5,000 this month to do that? Sure. Like, why am I putting no value on what I'm doing and what I'm getting? And also I feel like I work a lot, like I'm tired. Like I feel like when I do something, I put so much of myself into it that I do feel like I work all the time. So, you know, when I was looking at it, I'm like, why is all these people making money? And I'm not making money, but like, why do I have no respect with my money? So that's really where I've been at now. And also I will say that I think you're right on track. I mean, with... There's something about launching your business and then having success come, but then you find yourself more, right? Because these things, like my first book came from like an aha moment, just like you of like, well, I could teach people how to like live differently. And so I created this book and then it's constantly been like, I'm rewriting the 21 day reset again. It's like who I am now, like what my core message is now, like 
the the nature aspects, the like, like I'm like doing audios and like fully coaching people through it. But like in such a, when I read my 21 day reset, even just the latest version and I've been, cause I've been rewriting it every day. I'm like, I would never say that now. You know what I mean? Like I just wouldn't, that's not my approach, but it's also about finding yourself. And I think then not beating yourself up for what you did because it's always going to be evolving. And I think each time you kind of come closer and I think there's something with money. I think there's something with money where it's like, yeah, you make your first batch and then you realize your power of like, shit, I can do this. And then it's like, so since I can do this, like, who am I really? And like, what do I really stand for? And what do I want to wake up and embody every single day? Because that's what becomes real. It was like making that first chunk of money is exhilarating. But then you're like, then you ask yourself like, what do I want to do every day? I mean, that's the bigger question. It's like, what do Mm -hmm. I care about really? And it's funny because I was getting everything trademarked this past October and the lawyer was like, well, I don't really want to like trademark your current logos and I don't really want to trademark your your taglines and all your words. And because he's like, because most businesses, you know, a year after they first start, they change everything. They go through a rebrand. And I thought that was so funny because I was coming to him with my rebrand. So I was like, Mm. no, I've already been through that phase. But like, when I hear you saying that, I kind of smile and laugh because even the lawyer said that of like, you know, and those are, you know, maybe people that aren't, at least I, I think the more I've spiritually awakened, the more I've changed because now I'm like so connected to the money aspect where I'm like, okay, I'm not even, I used to chase the numbers and now like, that's like so second thought. Like it's like feeling to me. It's like, yeah, it's feeling. So, and then with the money, what I'm dealing with right now is like actually been like looking at these people I'm paying and being like, like talking to, I was talking to my mom last night, like am I spending so, like, what is with this? Like, is this appropriate? And, and thinking before I spend, like I've been, I've been missed swipey swipe, swipey swipe, and I'll figure it out later. And now I'm like trying to think like, okay, if I like, does this bring me value? And do I need this? And pausing. And it's actually giving me so much power in that pause because it's, it's, um, yeah, it gives me power when I pause because it's not that like, oh, I just ordered a $500 sweatsuit because I had an impulse in that moment. It's like thinking about it and putting value on it. And I also realized that I want to be a woman and just a human being with power within money. So like I consider myself and I see myself as someone who's like very rich, but like also rich in life. So like rich in finances as in freedom, but like living a rich full life. And then I think about the people who have the most money that I actually like feel like really embody who they are. And like, I look up to them and I don't cringe when I watch their things on Instagram. And like, I'd actually, that actually enlightened me. They are very wealthy, but you would never know. You would never know. They Mm -hmm. drive like they, they, they drive their cars, they fly private, but like you would never know. You would never freaking know. And that's, that's how I want to be. And I, I also think, this is another thing I made, is that people who think their money is going to go away, spend it 
like a lunatic and also flash their shit like crazy. Those are people that are insecure of like, I think this is going to go away. So these are all just like awakenings I've been having with money because I'm like really in it with money because I'm also realizing how connected it is to my self-value because I do sabotage myself. Like I launched my products. And then I remember after I launched my products, I started crying because I was like proud of myself. I shut my laptop and I was like, I don't want to like do anything on my phone for three days. And I'm like, what is this pattern? Like, why do I do this? Like I launched something and then I don't stand behind it. And now I'm standing behind my products because I'm like, no, they have value. And you know that, and you've been using them every single day for a year, like or not a year, like nine months. They're a huge part of your life. Don't sab- don't question it. You value yourself. And so, but that's also to do with love and relationships and the relationship you have with yourself. So it's all, it's all a working progress for me. But I think the same as you said of like the rebranding and the what is am I doing really? I think like you're right on track <laughs> with your timeline of all of that. Cause I don't know anyone who's not, at least out of my circle, who's who's gone through that of like, you see your power and then you're like, well, what do I actually want to do with my power? Right. And <laughs> and like you said, not thinking that it's a fluke. That was something that I went through. Like when my course did really well, I'm like, oh, maybe it was just the timing or maybe this was like a one-time thing or maybe it was a fluke. And then I had girls sign up with me one-on-one and then almost discrediting them. Like, oh, it was... They just, I don't know, making up all these stories. And I'm like, you know what I'm doing when I'm questioning myself is I'm actually also disempowering all my clients and people that buy from me. You know what I mean? Like me saying, oh, only two people signed up for this or these clients are just working with me for XYZ. It's like, so you're discrediting their decision-making abilities to invest in you or you're like disempowering them that they invested in you. So for some reason that makes them bad and you bad. Like there's so much that goes on with money that... It's insane. Like you think when you... I mean, I've already went through this in corporate America. I made six figures, thought I'd be happy. I wasn't happy. And then I. that's when I like hit my rock bottom and started going to therapy and realizing all these tools that exist to enhance my mindset. But this year was different because this was money I generated. Like this wasn't a, an employee coming to me, an employer giving me money. It was like, no, you generated this from your words, your videos, your voice. Like holy shit. And to your point, it's like this whole new level of intention and power where my issue with money was like, same, I would just spend it because I thought, oh my gosh, this might go away soon. Like I just need to spend it. I should have all this stuff. I should have backups of all this stuff. Like I've been putting together all these scenarios of like, I would buy one tank top and I'd buy the same tank top in all the colors, but only wear the one. But it was like, what was that on a subconscious level? Like, was I afraid that that one tank top wasn't enough? As if I wore the other colors? Like, I do it when I fly too, and I'm trying to be really mindful of this, but like, I do it even with my... I, I I swear I was also like so poor in my past life or like such a war veteran in my past life. But like, even when I travel, like travel with like a big bag of groceries, like even if I don't touch it, but it's just like, what is that on a level? Like, am I afraid to feel hungry? Or like, am I afraid to feel like without something? Mm -hmm. It's so interesting, but I really, I'm trying, I think stopping that like unnecessary spending is valuing yourself. Like valuing, like, I value myself or like just saying like, I value myself enough to have this money in my savings. 
You know what I mean? Like that's big. That's like very intimate. Like that's saying like, I'm worthy of having this money. Like it's no wonder I made half a million dollars last year and lost all of it because I didn't value myself at all. And I was irresponsible with it. And I spent it like a lunatic. Like I think of it now and, you know, I think like of having how I'm at the place of like rebuilding my whole entire structure in my life, like my business, who I am, my identity. But I also, I'm like, I told my mom last night, I take full responsibility for starting at the ground zero again and building myself up because I was irresponsible last year and I didn't have the capacity. And I think like the biggest thing that's always stuck out to me was Bondi Guru. I was having a session with her, intuitive from Australia. And I remember when I made my first chunk of money and I was telling her all about that. And then I had lost some of it to this app guy. And and I said, like I was kind of victimizing myself. And she said to me, you lost that money because you didn't have the capacity to have that money. And at the moment I was like, fuck you. I don't understand what you're saying. And now I totally get it. Like I, she, she told me like that money was never yours because you didn't have the capacity to have it. And now I totally agree. Like I did not have the capacity to have it because anyone who has the capacity to hold money like that, you know, they, I mean, there's obviously lots of evil in this world, but like you have to have some self-value and some not, there's a level of maturity and knowledge and I keep going back to self-value, but I've just been asking so many of my friends who are entrepreneurs, like, what do you spend a month? And like, do you have investments? And like, where do you put your money? Because I'm genuinely like trying to learn now, like what is the right thing to do with your money? And like giving it intention. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I I used to get it and then like, oh, spend it here, here, here. And now it's like, no, there, there needs to be accounts. Like this should be savings. This should be for my overhead. This should be for my wants. This should be for gifts. Like, and I'm like, wow, I never learned this stuff. And I need to learn it because I need to give my money intention because when there's intention behind it, that's when people do good things. Like those are the people that it's like, yeah, I set aside money to donate or I set aside money to start a program for uneducated women or whatever the case is, like what you said, like, what's my bigger purpose? Like, it's not just to make money and get cute clothes and buy a car. It's like, no, if you actually think really big, it's like, I would love to invest in like women-led startups and businesses. And I would love to help people get their product development off the ground. It's like, I can't do that if I don't even know how to manage my own money. Like Mm -hmm. I need to get myself in check so I can actually fulfill that bigger mission. So... I'm going through it too right now with money. Like I'm taking money courses. I'm hiring money coaches. Like I'm really learning to look at my money and appreciate it and not think it's this scary thing that's just in my bank account. Because I know now, like when Natalia Benson says this, she's like, when powerful women do like powerful things with their money, the world is like a better place. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes. If we all can learn to manage our money and like really have that power and intention behind it, holy shit, the world would be like, in a whole new state. And being aware of it, I still like don't, I mean, I'm I'm facing it, but like I still have not like gone through my bank statements and been like, okay, you have like eight subscriptions that you don't even know what they are, but since you're too lazy to track down like where they're coming from, like, 
or like, it's almost a fear with money where I'm like, I don't want to look at my bank statement. Like, I don't want to know. Don't yeah. tell me. Don't tell me. It's like, now I'm learning to, to, to face that because it's being vulnerable. It's the same conversation with my mom. It's like, when I do have sex the next time, like, I swear, I'm going to feel like I'm breaking my virginity because I'm so <laughs> like different now. But like, right. it is that like, let me look at, like, look you in the eyes and not run away. And I just think that's like, it's there for with money too, which is... It's so, it's funny because this, my podcast is called Food, Sex, and Money. And like, I know I named it that because I wanted to go there. I know that, and now I'm like learning, like my whole soul's like calling is like transformation, death, sex, money. But to like now be in this awakening state of like, it's all connected. (laughs) (laughs) It is crazy. I love that you say that because there's actually a, a girl I follow. Her name is Tori Washington and she has like transformed. I've only done like a few things with her, but transformed my outlook on money. And she says that like your business is not separate from your spirit and it's not separate from your money. Like they are all one and the same. Like your business is divine. Money is the byproduct of your divine business. Stop putting all these things in different buckets. Like, oh, this is my business mask I wear. And now I'm going to wear my spiritual mask. And now my mask at home. It's like, no, all of them are one. And they're so connected. And I'm like, holy shit. It's like the a light bulb moment that you're like, duh, yes, they're all connected. You have to look things in the eye, tell it your desires, give it intention. And that's when things blossom. Mm-hmm. I, we're going to have to do a part two. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to cut this soon because, but I think we have to do a part two. But what I want you to leave the people with, because I think you're someone who really does this and I do it too. But I think a great takeaway for this one is talking about money, but also you clearly spend your money on on like coaches and like I spend it on like guides and like I I think there's like really value in I personally put no price tag on evolving and those resources you can use to evolve I think like that's where they where the magic lies like that's so worth our money right so what's your take on that cuz I you always are talking about like I'm doing this course and I'm doing this and it's it's inspiring <laughs> Yeah, I just learned when I made one of my first investments that it was like a shortcut to an outcome. So instead of me trying to figure out like, how do I, I don't know, create an invoice? How do I schedule a post? How do all these stupid little things that you have to do in business? I was like, I can just pay someone to give me a roadmap and figure that out. So I hired a business coach and then it turned into something else where I got really into my spirituality. So I was like, I want to invest into a spiritual mentor. And I took a spiritual development course for 12 weeks with a psychic medium. And I was like, wow, she's again giving me a shortcut to an outcome. Instead of me watching 25 documentaries, which I also love, it's like I get to work with this person one-on-one and get access to their energy field to teach me what they know. And it's something I admire. So yeah, I spent a shit ton of money on courses and coaching. Like, Oh my God, it's insane. I do think at one point... I had too many of them on my plate because I just almost was like, I want to learn another thing and another thing instead of taking time to like rest and implement what I learned. So that's something that I think you can maybe become like a serial investor and you need to give yourself time to like trust what you learned and implement it. But the 
when people say like, oh my God, you changed or you've had a glow up or this happened. I'm like, yeah, I didn't do it by myself. I had a team of people. I hired one-on-one coaches. I took a course. I took this digital class, whatever it was. And it helped me like sift through all the noise and just get a shortcut to something. Not to say every single coaching course was absolutely amazing, but most of them were. And I really think there's something to be said about investing in yourself, in your business, in your mind, your health are some of the best investments you'll ever make in your life. I agree. I mean, I so agree. Like, especially with the health and just everything. Like, I think of like, you know, $500 sessions I've had with, you know, it's just an astrologer, but it's like that one token or that one piece that like then led me down this path, that led me down this path or... You know, I spend so much money on my health. It's ridiculous. Like I have had this Chinese medicine doctor that I've seen since March, who's just, I see every week. And, you know, I'm always on like, just making sure like everything's balanced in my body. And, you know, my mom asked me the other day, she's like, well, how long are you going to like do this? You know? And I was like, oh, well, this is just part of my practice now because I believe that like we're living in this world where we're just like getting thrown so many things like energetically, like our food isn't as good of quality. Like we can get parasites easily. We can be exposed to mold. There's just all these things. Right. And so, and it's, it's forever changing, just like we're forever changing. And so I said to my mom, I'm like, well, you know, this is just part of my practice because I constantly want to be like my clearest, most channeled, most open, most vibrant self. And since my environments are always changing, so is my body. And I want my body to feel supported in that. So like, to me, I will always like, I always want to spend money on that. And like, I spend so much time and money and intent on my food or like, if I'm feeling, I know for me, and I think you're the same way, but like for me, I need to be stimulated in like, I need to speak to someone who's like, higher up than me or like more spiritual than me or like more channeled than me. Because when I get like a little taste of their medicine, it catapults me and I get like so much energy and zest and I learn so much. So to me, it's like, there's no price tag on that because it just accelerates my growth. Yes. I think of it as like you get integrated into their energy field with that investment. Because there's only so many things you can watch from afar, like a free video or you know a free guide or whatever the case is. But to be in that person's energy field, working one-on-one with them or a course, like to be able to talk to them directly is like, there's something subconsciously, I think that just clicks that you're like now integrated with that energy that you said, it just whoosh, takes off. It's like a catalyst that you're like, okay, I'm in this energy field now. I'm someone that I think you just treat yourself differently too. Like I'm someone that invests in myself. Like I'm gonna act like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and you show spend, up. Yeah, you show I'm up. Spend that money on that. You better believe I'm gonna show up. Like I just spent money on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, when I spent like four figures on a business coach, I got to fucking work because I'm like, a, I want to make that money back. But B is like, holy shit, you're someone that makes investments in themselves. You're gonna show it. Like you need to show that this is gonna work. So. This is with business, with like I said, health, spiritual. I just made a five-figure investment in a, a one-year business coach. And we just had our first call today. And I'm already like, holy shit, my business is going to be so different. And to to your point, there's no price tag on that. Like mm-hmm. money, I look at it now is circulating. Like this money is going to come right back to me. Mm-hmm. And it does. When you're in sync, it, you're just... 
you're just supported because you're in tune. And also you have this confidence about you where you're like, there's no other way. There's no other choice. No I'm not going to like go sink back on the brown couch and just, you know, like I've invested in this. I'm showing up for this and it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. I we definitely need to do like part two, three. And we four. have to do... Talk about this. No, we need ages. to do a monthly one. I, I always feel like I could talk to you for so long when we talk. Me too. I'm like, we used to voice note right before I was moving out of my Beverly Hills house. But we have to get back into it because we are paralleling in so many different aspects. Like the money so thing's ways. crazy. It's insane. The, the money, the healing with the family and, and love is like, I found love, but also it's like, there's still stuff I'm working on healing so I don't sabotage this amazing relationship. And it's like, there's so much to learn from everybody. And I love talking to you because it just makes me feel like I'm not alone because you see entrepreneurs and you're like, oh, they must be killing it. They must have this, this, this. And that's how it looks. And it's like, no, we actually all are always going through these silent struggles or battles. And I'm so glad you have this podcast to like open up and, and that we have this open line of communication to share because it's like, oh, you're going through it too. I don't feel so alone. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I love talking to you. But what do you have? Like pimp yourself out. Do you have things for the people? Yes, I do. I have a program coming out. I don't know when this episode's coming out. So maybe it will be around the same time. When is it coming out? I I will post this one on mine probably next. Oh, the program is um, January 25th to 29th. Okay. I'll post this one this Monday. I'll post it before. So talk about the program. So it's called Self-Care Queen and it's five days and it's there's kind of a tagline like self-care queen of quarantine because I know everybody is like back in a lockdown. These restrictions are crazy and it's just a lot of chaos going on. So we're going to go through visualization practices, journaling, embodiment. Um, my feminine embodiment coach that I talked about, she's actually going to be a guest expert one day t- teaching us about feminine energy and softening. So excited for that. And then really like creating your own queen routine. I think a lot of us have gotten into just the mole of everyday life. And I'm like, no, we are all queens and goddesses. And like, we need to get that bad bitch spark back. So I'm so excited about it. It's five days. And then I do have one-on-one coaching as well. So I do that for 6 or 12 months. And then I'm a reflector. So my energy is always like all over the place. So I know I'm going to do like masterclasses and pop-ups and things like that throughout the year. Um, so stay tuned for those. But the big one coming up is self-care queen. Okay. I love it. You are just living in your... You. This is just for you. You are such a coach. You just Thank are. You. Yeah. You, you really are. I saw it in you the first time we spoke. It That's just... Crazy. You have it. You oh, so have you. it. And honestly, I know if we didn't connect and you didn't have, I didn't have all that support from you, I would have been like, not where I am. Like, so I don't know if you know how much of big of a part you played in this. So oh, of course. Of course. I talking to, I, wait, what is your, you're a man gen, manifesting generator mm-hmm. and then an Aries. Aries. And what are your rising and suns? Do we know? Gemini, Gemini and Capricorn. Okay. I'm a Virgo moon and Virgo rising and I'm just freaking out all this means. So I need to talk to your girl. Yeah, Dara, I've been learning how... Yeah, you need to talk to Dara. But what I'm the most infatuated with is the North and the South node. I'm like learning how to read the whole thing and do it all because it's so... It's just... That's it. That's it. Oh my God. But you should have a session with Dara too. She's the queen. Yes. Well, I'm going to do that. And 
I feel like our next one needs to talk about like astrology and But also and if you vibes. send me your information, I'm going to I'm going to find what your north and south node is Ooh, and let you know. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to repost this on my podcast too. So what's coming out for you? I know you're doing a million things. Yeah. So I just launched my products, which I want to send you. Oh, thank you. I would love that. They're divine. They're so beautiful. So I did biodynamic coffee and then sustainably grown cacao. And they're just, they just are my morning ritual. It's like, they're just everything. And then I guess I can just, I've never, I haven't publicly said it, but I do have an app coming out. So I've been, yeah, I've been miss silently working on there, but I, um, you know, I just want a platform outside of Instagram and it's, it's honestly, I'm probably going to keep underplaying what it actually is, but it's incredible. It's like every recipe I ever cook now is going in the app, which is why I've like held off so much on sharing on Instagram. Cause I just, part of this self-worth thing is like, I really value my lifestyle. It's like very unique. And I want to have a platform that honors that. So I also have all my programs in there. And like, now that I have an app, like I'm able to like create a, cause I'm so fast. So I love to create my programs after I learn something in life. And then I'm like, let me make this for someone. And, you know, making books that it, like, it's a whole process. So now once I have the bones all built, I can just put my, put my program right into my app. So like I've been re right now, I've been redoing the whole 21 day reset, like walking people through day by day with like audios and like, I get so many food combining questions. So like, I'm going to like be answering every single one of those. And like, I'm not even doing it justice, but like meditations, basically it's a platform for like every single thing that I've cultivated in my life. I'm just sharing it through the app now. I remember us talking about this. And I remember being like, holy shit, yes. Like this is exactly what people need. Not just an app with recipes, not just a meditation app. Yours is going to be like, a lifestyle app. It's like life. And it's like, yeah, it's like everything I've cultivated. And this is the deconditioning that I keep doing. But um, like with the recipes, it's like I'm genuinely putting in there what I make every single day. And in the beginning of the process, I started to try to cater to like all these people, right? And be like, well, I need like a sweets here and I needed this here. And it was taking the magic out. And I'm like, I'm going to embody who I am. And some, you know, people that don't understand what I'm talking about or like maybe can't meet me where I am at right now in life, which is okay. But like they would say, oh, you're being self-centered. But I really am cultivating this insane lifestyle. And the root of it is definitely food. Like if you are not clear and clean and eating as close to nature as possible, you are also not going to be an open channel for other aspects of your life. So like, that's the foundation. And I do it every single day. Like I prioritize my food every single day because it makes me clear. It makes my health good. It makes, I mean, I, there's no other way. It's just nature. We have to do it. So to me. So anyways, when in this process of creating it, it's like now I'm there, but it was that de- deconditioning of like, no, you take a photograph of what you are eating you write that down and that's going in there. Like stop trying to like cater to what you see or what someone else is doing. And so it's really turning into that is just like, and in everything that I'm doing, because I do have this 
warrior side of me where I'm really willing to like go scuba dive underneath the water and like find and 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 see what I find and then come up and be like, guys, this is what I found. And I'm embodying that. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep scuba diving and like keep doing all these things and then just have a platform with value that's off of Instagram that I can share that in a way that people can apply all these things I'm doing into their life. I'm obsessed with that. And it just made me think that both of our words of 2021, I believe yours was body because I wrote it on yes. your post where I was like, holy shit, that was mine too. Yes. I'm like, I'm done. Our parallels are killing me because I'm like, mine was the same thing. If I'm not embodying it, I'm not teaching it. Like That's why I've never taught a wealth management course because I'm like, I need to work on my relationship with money before I'm going to act like I'm a wealth embodiment coach. So I'm like, something I am embodying is self-care, which is where self-care queen came from. So I love that I work body. And by the way, your fruit bowls in the morning have changed my life. I, I talk about it my skin. This skin over the summer was literally a crater and now it's like completely cleared. And my boyfriend even said, he's like, I think it's that fruit thing you eat in the morning. Yeah, fruit thing. <laughs> <laughs> put all this shit on top of it. I'm like, coconut, honey, drizzles, cacao. And I'm like, yep, my skin is clearing up. And you changed my whole view on that because we talked about this in our last podcast, but I used to think fruit was the devil. And now I'm like, fruit is my favorite fucking thing. <laughs> it changes everything. It's that way you start your day with that fruit bowl literally changes your entire life. And you, in the beginning of this podcast, you're like, you know, I started to do your like fruit thing. And it's so funny because that's what people talk to me about it. And I always laugh. They're like, everything started to change. Like after I started that fruit thing you do. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, just fruit in a bowl can change your life. Yes. (laughs) I love it. It's just the base. It's the roots. I'm obsessed. Okay. So embodiment is our word of 2021. Embody. That's such a sexy word. Yeah, it is. It's like, what are you embodying? Because that's something I think too, when you're looking at a coach or course or buying from somebody, it's like, they can speak it all they want, but if they're not embodied in it, people can read that. Mm -hmm. And you are so embodied in your work. That's why this is like coming so naturally to you. Mm -hmm. So are you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love this conversation. We're going to have to do like part one through five. So. We have to just keep going. I know. A we monthly have to. catch up. Yeah. You're amazing. I love oh your gosh. power. Thank you. I love yours too. I'm like, I'm like having all these downloads now of like all these things about our conversation and our parallels and our past. And I'm like, people meet for certain reasons. And I know that we were meant to cross paths for a reason. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So wait, is this app just so my listeners know, because since it's coming online too, when will be out and where can they find it? Just like the app store? So yeah, it's going to be on Apple. It's going to be an app you have on your phone. I think it'll be fully out by March. It's supposed to be like the last week of development is mid-February and it's like building a house. So I'm not going to give a date, but I, I feel like March is our golden our golden time. It's getting there. I mean, you ask what I've been doing for the past three weeks, eating, because I'm like just eating and like photographing everything. And, but it's the best. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, everyone. So go follow Kenzie. Keep updated on her app. Yeah, we're going to link all your stuff below too. Yeah, same on mine. We're repurposing this on both our podcasts because it's, you. we would have the same exact interview on mine anyway and on yours. You know what I mean? It's like, why not? We have to. Done. I love it. 
Thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. Well, 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 if that wasn't one of the deepest podcasts I've ever done, I don't know what is. I have done over 100 episodes now, and I feel like that is definitely the deepest and most vulnerable and transparent I've ever been with a guest. And that's truly just speaking to the testament of Kenzie's energy and nature. She is such a bright light to be around. She's so easy to talk to. And as you could see, we could have talked for like four more hours. We actually did. We FaceTimed after that. And we were like, yeah, we're going to have to do a part three, four, and five and basically do like a monthly podcast or something. Maybe we'll do a collaboration, something with like health and mindset. Let me know if you guys would want that. So yeah, she has taught me so much about health and finding stillness and astrology. Like, oh my gosh, she was telling me so much about my North Node. It was so much fun to talk to her. And I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, you can head over to iTunes and leave a review. I really appreciate them. Words of affirmation is my love language, so I love to see them, but it also helps the podcast with visibility. You can share this on your Instagram stories and tag Kenzie and I. My handle is at Chelsea Rife or non-expert opinion pod, and Kenzie's is just at Kenzie Burke or Food, Sex, and Money podcast. So go check out her podcast as well. It has so many valuable tips. I've already binged every single episode, and you will never be disappointed with what she has to talk about. It truly is like her lifestyle being shared in audio format, and I I love the people she has on. So definitely check out Food, Sex, and Money. And if you love this podcast, go leave a review and let me know what your favorite part was either on Instagram or in your Instagram stories. It is so appreciated. You can also visit in my nonexpertopinion.com or chelsearipe.com. And you can email us hello at in my nonexpertopinion.com. Now, don't forget that Self Care Queen kicks off January 25th. I only have about 10 spots left now. So if you want in, Definitely let me know as I close enrollment Sunday the night before at midnight. And then once it's closed, it's closed. Again, I'm not selling this as a replay. I don't know if I'm going to run it live again. So if you want in, definitely let me know and we will get you set up to be a self-care queen. All right. With that, I will see you next week. 